Welcome to another episode of the Life Adventurous Podcast. We are on an exciting journey here in the root chakra. And you guys, today's episode is going to be absolutely fantastic. So I have Tyler Hall here. He's a mindset mastery coach, a business strategist, and self-described professional speaker, which we're going to get into that. So he helps coaches clarify their vision and connect with their voice so they can build powerful personal brands and become successful coachpreneurs. He just started a new podcast called The Coachpreneur, and he's working on his first book about his personal transformation over the past 10 years. Let's welcome Tyler. Tyler, share a little bit more about yourself, but also you have to share something fun because this is the Life Adventures podcast. Well, hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, yeah, a lot of tongue twisters in my bio. I just realized that like the professional speaker, the coachpreneur, like it, it doesn't roll easily off the tongue. <laughs> I know. I was like, man, I swear I can read. Uh, well, I mean, that's just who I am. I'm, I'm a complex individual and I always have to have fun titles and I always have to be living a great life. And uh, yeah, I mean that, that, I don't know if that was fun, but what is something fun about me? Oh, Probably the coolest thing, probably the coolest thing ever is that I got to be a contestant on The Price is Right, which yes. was like a dream come true. Like ever since I was like five, I've been manifesting, like getting on The Price is Right and getting to spin the wheel and, and doing all of that. So that's all. That's a fun fact about Tyler. Okay. Who was the host when you got on? Drew Carey. It was just this, like it was back in... Well, we filmed back in 2019, right before COVID, and then it aired last year in, in 2020, and it was an incredible experience. So just a fun, you know, like parallel story here that I haven't really told that much. When I was in um, college, I played softball. One of our spring break trips was to LA, and our team went to The Price is Right. And so nice. we all, you know, were in the audience and one of the girls on our team got called down, but that's mm -hmm. when Bob was the host. <gasps> yeah. Back Jealous. in the OG days. So, um, what's crazy is I remember sitting in the audience and I was like, dude, his face is so orange because of all the like makeup because on TV mm -hmm. he just looks tan, but like in yeah. person, I was like, holy crap. Like, yeah. So nuts. It, I was amazed. Like everything is so colorful on TV. And then you get to the actual studio and it's like, wow, this is not as magical as what it looks like <laughs> on TV. I mean, it's small. It was small. Yes! It was like, like there was color, but it wasn't, it wasn't colorized like they do on TV. So it was like just kind of bland, you know, regular colors. And I was like, this feels so like almost grungy and almost like. I mean, it, it was still magical because it's The Price is Right, but everything just was like, oh, it's 10 times cooler on TV. Oh my God, that's freaking hilarious. So so let's get into the root chakra. And you said something, <laughs> you said something about manifesting, right? You manifested that experience. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the root chakra. Like, what does it mean to you? How does it tie into the work that you do? I mean, to me, the root chakra is all about like laying a strong foundation and I mean, this is really at the core of who I am is, is getting into alignment with who you are as an individual 
and just getting clear on like what you want out of life. That's why, you know, an, another title that I call myself sometimes is I call myself an intuitive living specialist. Cause I, as a coach, I help people really get connected and get grounded with who they want to be. What do they want their lives to look like? And just getting intentional with how we go about living because a lot of the times we're just kind of wandering around, you know, going by society standards and trying to please everybody else, but nobody takes the time to really please themselves and to really, you know, do what makes them happy and, you know, letting go of all of the society expectations. And to me, that's, that's really at the root chakra is like laying that foundation of this is who I am. This is, these are my values. These are my beliefs. Just getting grounded and centered at your core. So you talked a little bit about like in the bio, the 10 years of transformation that you've had that you're going to be also incorporating into your book. And I'm sure you've incorporated into your business and business and brand, but I'm like, tell me more. You know, it's, it, it is crazy. I'm, I'm 27. So I'm not, you know, I, people still call me a baby every time they meet me. And, but it's right now I'm this spring COVID willing, we're supposed to be celebrating our 10 year class reunion. Mm -hmm. And my sister back in, in the, in last spring in 2020, she graduated high school, which was really strange because of COVID. But, you know, we were, we were just kind of on this like same path. I was like, you're graduating high school. I'm going into my 10 year of being out of high school. There was just this alignment. And I started thinking, I was like, oh my goodness, how much change happens in the course of 10 years? Because at the time, my sister was freaking out about not knowing what she wanted to do. And she was like, I haven't applied for college yet. And I'm, you know, what am I going to major in? And I was like, girl, you have so much time. You don't have to have all of the answers right now at, at 18. And, but there are so many people who, you, you know, who put this pressure on you that you have to have everything figured out by the time you graduate high school. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that was not my case at all. And I started to really think about the, that the Dr. Seuss's, Oh, the places you'll go. And I was like, what a cute book. But like, what if somebody wrote something that was actually like about the places that they went? And so I started writing this memoir or this book on my 10 year transformation. And I really started to connect all of these dots and I just saw the journey of like finding myself and getting connected to the core. And, you know, again, that really comes into my business and, and laying the foundation and, and really spending the last 10 years getting solid with who I am and allowing myself that space to truly find my voice. So now I'm, now you got me curious, right? Who were you before and who have you become? Well, Okay. A total transformation. I mean, my business is called Radically Transformed uh -huh. um, because I it uh, it is a radical transformation. And in high school, fresh out of high school, I thought I was going to study stage management. I thought I was going to go to Broadway. I you know I I had these big plans. I was a theater kid. I was a closeted homosexual. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I mean, all of these yeah. things that like I I was just not a hundred percent Tyler or totally Tyler and. Oh, I like that. Totally Tyler. Totally Tyler. Right. And just throughout like the last 10 years, I've been chipping away and, and, and really getting connected with like, okay, what do I want out of life for me? Like, I know I want to build a shipping container home. 
you know, getting clear on like, I don't just want to go buy a house. Like I really want to build a, a shipping container home and, and build something that's sustainable and, mm-hmm. and eco-friendly. And, you know, just, I mean, as detailed as that, like getting down to like, this is how I want to live my life. This is the career that I want to, you know, go down and just, you know, letting yourself become who you want to be. And that's really, that's really the 10 year transformation. No, that's cool. Cause I think too, it's like, I, you've tapped on it a little bit, but maybe didn't say it, you know, this, the, the way I'm going to, it's like society maybe tells you the way you're supposed to. Hence what you were saying, mm-hmm. you know, 18 year olds, you're supposed to know what you're doing. You're supposed to have it all together. College, yep. you're supposed to have it all together. Yep. You're supposed to have a house at this age and kids at this age and married at this age and a certain job by this age. It's, I, I call that, you know, there's society's checklist and most people follow society's checklist. And for me, I got curious and I said, well, what does my checklist look like? What does, you know, obviously maybe someday I want kids. I don't know yet. You know, maybe, you know, maybe I'll get married. I don't know yet. You know, but it's like, it's like we have society's checklist and for a majority of people, they go through and they go, okay, I graduated college. I landed my first job. I bought my first house. I'm, I'm getting married. I'm having the kid. You know, I bought the new car, whatever, whatever it is. It's like, there's these specific things that society tells us that we should do. And that if we do these, then we'll have a satisfied and happy life. And I was like, I was going through college and I was miserable. And I was like, wait, I, I don't love this. Like, I don't love I don't love the cost of college. I don't, I don't feel inspired by, by the degrees that I was, you know, trying out. And I was like, why am I forcing myself to get through this? I ended up graduating and I forced myself to graduate. But I mean, that was kind of one of those moments of like, I was like, why am I living so in sync with society's expectations and not getting clear with what do I want? How do I see my, how do I see my life going what's important to me, what matters to me. And, and that's when I started to build my own kind of Tyler's checklist to life. And uh, that's all part of like the 10 year transformation as well. Yeah. I love that. We have so much in common and you know, it's interesting. And the slight differentiation is that I was always very curious. I always wanted very big things. I wanted to do things very differently. However, there was still an aspect to me that played by the rules right? Of mm. society. Like I bought mm-hmm. the house in my twenties. I went and got the sales job. I, I made the six figures. I, you know, climbed the ladder yet. I still like, hence the life adventurous name. I still, you know, found ways to go on study abroads and found ways to move out of Ohio to Florida and found ways to be very unconventional and take all these like wild risks that people thought I was oh so crazy for. Mm-hmm. Yet what's, what's interesting is all these wild risks I took so to speak, you know, in my world, I was like, I'm still playing by the rules, right? Like, you know, I'm like, and then when, when I left court, actually what happened is I I had a corporate job for 10 years and then I I went to a more entrepreneurial company and this company, like I dyed my hair purple and I started wearing like crazy clothes, like what I perceived as crazy. Cause I'm like, yes, I can finally break out. Like I was looking at, maybe I can get dreads. Like, what can I do to finally be like, what I've always wanted, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like, it was like the first, like, I'm going to do what I want, even though I've always kind of done that, but within the rules. So do you feel like that there's like different levels that people show up as they're kind of like having this dance with society and their rules, you know, on their journey to really finding out more who they are? Oh, a hundred percent. I, you know, it's funny you say that because there was a period 
I, I ended up graduating from Columbia College in Chicago after spending, you know, a year at the University of Texas in Austin and a couple of years at community college. I went on this whole like college journey that was spiritual and strange and, you know, just really started, you know, finding myself through college and, and through that journey. But I ended up in Chicago and it was like I got to Chicago and I had all of this freedom and I was out of Texas and I was like, yes, I get to finally be Tyler. But who the heck is Tyler? And and there was like there was like this moment of like, oh, well, maybe Tyler wears, you know, <laughs> crazy shawls and, you know, do, you know, dresses, dresses abstractly because I was going to an art school and everybody was like crazily dressed and i was like well maybe that's tyler and and so i started to like really experiment and i was like okay i just got curious i allowed myself to like try on different things but there was always that like there was always that lingering fear that like oh i can't fully express myself because society doesn't like that or like what are other people going to think of me if i if i you know dyed my hair hot pink or which I've never done, but <laughs> you know, like what, what would happen if I did this? And, and then uh, a couple of years ago, I moved back to Texas and this was, you know, in Chicago, I came out, I accepted my sexuality. I, you know, I, I just went through this whole kind of spiritual awakening. And then I came to Texas and it's like, part of me kind of stepped back in the closet mm. because it's not as socially acceptable here in Texas to be so out and open. And there was still that part of me that was like, well, okay, I don't mind telling people that I'm gay, but like, oh, I don't really want to show it. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to embrace that. And so, yes, to answer your question, people will, it's really hard to be totally authentic all the time because society creates such a pressure. There's such a weight to kind of morph into society's expectations and, and conform. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, you know, as I'm just thinking here, I'm like, okay, you know, cause I get excited about this. I get excited about these, like, you know, forks in the road, right. Where people kind of are like, all right, I'm not happy with my life or I lost my job or whatever, mm-hmm. like something this where you have this blank slate and you can really just map out whatever you want, right. Cause the sky's the limit. So when you're working with somebody and you're working on that intuitive living, you know, as you said before, how do you like, are there steps that you take them through or how do you go about that? I mean, for me, I work primarily with like coaches and consultants and like entrepreneurs. And so for them, it, it really centers around their business and helping them build a business that then supports other areas of their lives. So we start by, you know, for me, I, I get clear on like, okay, what do you want out of your business? Like, how much do you want to make? What does your day look like? I have them visualize these kind of things. And then we start to dip our toes into the other areas of life. And I think that's a really important thing is like change does not happen overnight. Change is not something that that's going to, you're going to snap your fingers and then bam, everything's perfect. It's like, it's like start with one area of your life, start with one thing that you want to change about yourself and then change that and then move on to the next thing. You know, we're, we're kind of still at the beginning of, of, 2021 here. And, you know, I think of like the new year's resolutions and how people are like, I'm going to change this and I'm going to lose the weight. And I'm going to, and they create this huge list of things that they want to do. And I'm like, dude, stop doing that. Like, you, you know, you're, it's too big. It's too much. It's, it's, you're, you're going to fail because it's like, 
it's not intentional. It's not, you know, they create these lists of things that they think they want and there's no intention behind it and then it fails. And so when I work with my clients, I help them really connect again to their core, connect, you know, establish their beliefs, establish their values. And then I help them construct and build the different areas of their lives to match that and to, and to reflect that. It's like putting together a puzzle. Yeah, no, that sounds fun. I mean, do you find that now for us, we work a lot with like A-types, overachievers, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yes, and especially because we focus on the wellness. So we focus a lot on like lifestyle and wellness and yes, they're like, I want to do all the workouts and eat all the things. And then we'll, we'll like, be like, all right, we just want you to start with a five minute habit. And they're like, wait, <laughs> what? No, I'm trying to go do this. I'm trying yeah. to go do these 17 things. And we're like, no, just start here. You know? Yeah. So do you find that, you know, as you're working with someone, you know, these coaches and entrepreneurs, do you find that there's any resistance that comes up initially? Oh, tons of resistance. You know, a lot of, I, I was lucky enough when I was when I was studying coaching, I I uh, became a mastery certified transformational coach, uh, which basically means that I help people transform their limiting beliefs and and help them reshape, you know, their identities. And a lot of a lot of the things, you know, what makes a Type A person a Type A person is like is like beliefs that they're carrying from their childhood, you know, like their parents who always told them that they weren't good enough or that the A wasn't good enough. They should have gotten the A plus. And it's like, you know, we're carrying all of these, these beliefs that stem from as young as like infants, you know, and, and it's hard to, it's, it's hard to deconstruct that on your own. It's hard to, it's hard to unlearn these things. It's hard to make, the massive successful changes and, and, and it takes time. And I think the point that I'm trying to make is like, is like people try to go all in versus just taking one step at a time. You know, we want this all or nothing mentality. It's like, I want it now. This has to happen in the moment versus like, this is a journey. Like this is a path that we have to walk and we have to be intentional and we have to make smart choices every single step that we take. Yeah, we call that when we talk, we're like that microwave society. <laughs> like you pop mm. it in, ding. Pop it in and, and dinner's ready. Exactly. I know, right? Exactly. So from an energetic standpoint, you know, when these these resistance points come up or when we're not clear, do you feel like that is a block in the root chakra? Yeah. I mean, I, there's definitely, again, when it comes to like identity, I love identity. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's one of the most fascinating topics ever for me. Like when it comes to identity, when it comes to getting to the core of of individuality, there's something like if you if you don't feel aligned there, it's definitely something that is happening at the core. It's happening, you know, internally versus externally. and and so it really, like a lot of people, when they're not happy, they'll go out and they'll buy something. Or, you know, the, they'll, they'll, they'll do something materialistically and thinking, oh, this is going to make me happy. But there's, it's usually something that's going on internal. It's usually something that's going on deep within. And I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> no, I mean, I just, I would think that it would energetically be some blocks in that root chakra, which mm -hmm. you talked to, but also, yeah, let's go into that identity talk a little bit. Yeah. Let's, let's dive deeper there. I mean, all right. So let, now we're going to probably get real philosophical here. So identity, what is identity? 
That's a great question. And I don't know if I have an absolute answer to. Lately, I think identity is fake. That's been that. I mean, that's really been the kind of what I've been discovering here is that identity is, is like a false pretense. It's, it's like a security blanket that we want to give ourselves. And we put so much effort into maintaining identity, but at the end of the day, like it doesn't really matter. Like the identity piece of you doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's who are you being at the core? Who are you, how are you operating from the heart space, from the, from that inner, from that inner gut wisdom, intuition, you know, and, and we, and we work so hard to maintain identity. Like, like we cut our hair certain ways, we dress certain ways, we, we give ourselves titles, you know, all of these kind of things. And at the end of the day, like none of that really matters until you've kind of focused in on, on the inner beingness of who you are. And so to me, identity is, is fake. Yeah. And I think you brought up some, some good points and something even to dissect identity a little bit more, because I feel like a little bit about what you talked about with identity speaks to maybe some of the labels or Mm. some of the, like the masks that we put on or that we Mm -hmm. identify as. But I also feel like there's another part of identity, which is probably, I'm I'm guessing is probably the part you really like to work with is kind of like, who are we becoming? Who Mm -hmm. is it that we need to be, you know, need to become in Mm -hmm. order to manifest those things, to have that six figure business, to have that goal. Correct. And there is this like, like labels. I love labels. I absolutely, I absolutely love labels. I love titles. One of the things that I do with, with my clients is I help them create their, their coaching titles, their coaching identities. And because a lot of times people will come in and they'll go, Oh, I'm a health coach. And I'm like, okay, but so aren't 150 other million people out there in the world who are calling themselves health coaches. But like, what specific, like, what specifically do you do as the health coach? Or, you know, what, what makes you unique? And they get caught up on that, because they're like, well, I'm not really that unique. And I feel like I'm a fraud. And like, for me, all of like, when you introduce me, I'm a mindset mastery coach, a business strategist, and a pep professional speaker. Those were all titles that I gave myself to make myself appear to be greater than, than what I am. It's, it's, it's the label. It's an identity piece that helps us feel secure and feel safe. And when we are able to manipulate that, when we're able to, to go in and, and first realize that identity is fake and we can call ourselves anything at any time, it gives us that, that ability to then construct beliefs around this identity. So I'll give you an example. As the mindset mastery coach, what do I believe? You know, and asking yourself these these questions and creating specific labels for how you want to be, it just helps you kind of step into that beingness and access that inner wisdom a lot easier than if you tried to reverse it, if that makes sense. It does. And even something that's coming up for me in this conversation is with those labels, you know, I would also tend to like lean towards like, how does the label make you feel, which goes into what you said, right? So it can help Mm -hmm. you step into that. But if there's a label that makes you feel a certain way or or you're uncomfortable with, Mm -hmm. like, I feel like that's when you explore that and you go, okay, well, what's another thing I could step into? 
you know, mm-hmm. like I don't have to just be the salesperson or the whatever, if it's not fun or doesn't make you smile or doesn't stretch you. Yeah. Yeah. That's why like, like that's how I created the lab- label of pep professional speaker mm-hmm. because I was like, Oh, professional speaking just sounds so boring, <laughs> but like pep professional speaking, like bringing the pep into the professional world. Like how fun is that? Like, I mean, it, it just, it brings joy. It brings all of these emotions of like, yeah, I get to go be the pep. I get to bring the joy. I get to bring the energy. And it's like, to me, it's so much more thrilling to put on that title than to call myself a professional speaker. Cause yeah. again, there's so many professional speakers out there, but it's like, for me, I want to be unique. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. And, and I want to bring the pep into the professional world. And th- and that's how that title came up. But, and you're correct. You could do this with anything like, you know, my sister right now, she's just graduated high school. She's a barista at Starbucks. And I was like, Emily, if you don't love the barista title, just call yourselves like, like, like the coffee queen or something like that. Like anything to, to make it more enjoyable to, to, you know, connect deeper with what you are doing and, and how you are labeling yourself. Yeah. And you guys, I got, I got the privilege because we're sitting here on zoom, but you probably heard it in his voice. So I witnessed like his whole demeanor shift and saying professional speaker. I thought he was going to slump down underneath the desk and I was going to lose him. And then he said, professional speaker and like his whole like world lit up. Right. And so that's the thing. That's what I feel like what you want to tune into, like tune mm-hmm. into the, that body language and the way that you're feeling when you say these things. Well, and, and continuing on with identity, it's like last year I started to, to develop what I call the six figure self, which is this, this belief that if we start with identity, if we get clear with like the titles and we get clear with like how we want to see ourselves and then we lead into as that person, as that pep professional speaker or, you know, coffee queen, whatever, whatever you want to put there, like, what is it that you believe you know, and, and really get clear on those beliefs and then get clear on what is your purpose? You know, as somebody who believes this, then what is my purpose? And then what is my motivation? Then how do I act? Like, act, how do I show up and take action? And then ending with how do, how does this all make me feel? You know, because a lot of times, you know, we try to start with emotions but I think emotion should be the last thing that we that we put into the puzzle. I think it's really like getting clear with the label, getting clear with with the title, with what we want to call ourselves, then going through and like asking ourselves, what how what do I believe? How do I show up? How do I take action? What motivates me? What is the purpose? Just again, that's that's all about being intentional and and getting clear and getting connected to that foundation of who you are as an individual. So I'm going to bring up something personal that just popped up for me and, and I'm curious if I'm following you and even your thoughts on this. So when you said the six figure self, I have successfully made six figures in a sales, a corporate sales job. I found it to be really easy, Mm -hmm. but in my entrepreneur world, I have yet to like surpass the six figures in, in like our own business. And it's been a little bit of a like struggle and a a point that I've been trying to hit, whether it was network marketing or this side thing or that side thing. Right. So it became this thing. 
And I just got this idea where it's almost like I feel like I want to map what does that six-figure self in the corporate world have and all those things that you just said. What did, mm-hmm. what did she think? What did she believe? What was easy about it? And it, almost like mapping that over. Do you feel like you can take like past identities where we were successful in another aspect of our life and apply them to a different area? A hundred percent. I think that's exactly what you should do. And I'm and I'm curious to see what happens if you actually sit down and journal on that. And because that's that's the point. It's like it's like we can bring all of these elements, we can bring all of these characteristics from you know our past titles, our past job. And that's part of like the 10-year transformation, the the book that I'm writing. Every single job that I've had, every single title that I've had, it's all shaped who I've become today, you know, and it's all shaped how I see myself and how I show up in the world. And it's part of that is like, is like also having that awareness to hold on to the things that you like. So when you're, when you're thinking of the the six figure sales career, like, what did you like about that job? How, you know, what brought you joy? What, what were some of the good things that came out of that? And then what was the things that you hated? And then leave those things that you hate behind and carry on all of the goodness, carry on, carry on the things that helped you succeed versus the things that weighed you down. Yeah. It's, it, and it totally resonates. Cause if I look back, like we're, we're in a really good spot right now. Like we know and expect and believe that 2021 is going to be extremely powerful and extremely amazing. Right? Me too. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, I'm like, we're ready. But if I look back, right, it's almost like in the past, let's just claim it all in the past, you know, that, that old part of me, it's, it's interesting because when you're talking about all these beliefs and creating your life and whatnot, that, that ingrained thing I got as a kid probably, or even through corporate America of like, it has to be hard or I have to be a certain level of seriousness. Mm -hmm. what I loved about my sales career was having the fun and talking to people and serving people and just being in flow. And then, you know, in my business, if I look back at everything I've ever tried or done or up to this point, it, it, I then got stiff, you know, like my, our business coach just told us yesterday, she's like, all right, your energy feels stiff. Like you got to stick up your butt, you know? And it's almost like that. I got real serious. Mm -hmm. I have to make this work, you know? And, and I think you just spoke to something really amazing that, if you're listening, it's like, those are the things to pay attention to get in the fun, get in the flow, get in the joy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I call it, I call it doing what makes your heart sing. Mm, yep. You know, that, that is my, it's become kind of my, my line of like, what is it that makes your heart sing? And when we tap into that, when we tap into that heart space of that knowing of that awareness, it's like, and for me, like, I don't love corporate world. I hate it. I, I did it right out of college. I now kind of have a part-time corporate job, you know, that I, that I do just as like a side gig. And my energy honestly kind of drains when I go into the, into the job. And it's, and it's, and it was like, it surprised me. I actually just called my friend yesterday and I was like, you're not going to believe this. Like, I feel drained when I go to this job. And she goes, yeah, that's not a new thing, Tyler. Like, you know, and, and and it was like this aha moment of like, oh, I, I just wasn't paying attention. I wasn't, I wasn't trusting my intuition. I wasn't getting into alignment. I had, I had taken a, a, a step away and, and we do that. We're humans. We're not perfect, but it was like, it's amazing how 
quickly we can get off track, how quickly we can fall into these slums, and how often we need to check in with ourselves and check in to make sure that we are in alignment, we are in flow, we are allowing our hearts to sing in in different areas of our lives. And Mm -hmm. if if that's not happening, then it's time to make a change. Yeah, no, I love that. So let's get into the six-figure self a little bit and and maybe even some of that money mindset, Mm. okay? Because I feel like, you know, if we're at the root chakra, we're at the very first chakra, the base, you know, like you said, it's the foundation. And I would venture to say that some people haven't dealt with their money mindset Many people have not dealt with their money mindsets. And this was really something that I didn't deal with until last year when I was completing my my coach mastery program that I went through and something just hit me and I went, oh, I have a poor man's mindset. Mm. Like I think and act like a poor person and and it wasn't until, and this is really where the six-figure mindset started to to kind of unfold for me. And I just simply asked myself one day, I said, I said, what does a rich man believe? You know, like if I if I call myself a rich person, what do I believe? And then when I started to list these beliefs, I was like, well, that's not in alignment with me, with current Tyler at all. And then this is where the identity piece comes in is like, of like, well, this can be the new Tyler. Like I I just, I can start to believe it and I can start to think it and I can start to embody this and, you know, change the energetic fields of, of my, of my being, you know? And, and so it really started by just asking myself, what, what does a rich person believe? You know, what, what are their beliefs around money? What is their beliefs around, you know, work and, and things like this? Like, like you had a great point earlier where you said you have this ingrained belief that like you have to work hard to make money. That is a huge money mindset that a lot of people have. And it, and it stems directly from growing up in the middle class and growing up with like in this society, in this middle-class society of like, we have to work hard. We have to hate our jobs. We have to, you know, punch, punch the time card, you know, get the, you know, get the two weeks of vacation a week. And that's just how life is. But like, my question to you is like, if that doesn't make you happy, why are we doing it? And then what would a rich person do? Or what would, what would an entrepreneur do? And that was another big thing was like, I was still thinking like the working man, you know, Mm -hmm. and I had to start to ask myself, okay, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. What, how does the entrepreneur think? What do they believe? And so this was like these series of checklists that I started to create that was like, okay, I'm going to start to identify as the entrepreneur. I'm going to start to identify as the rich man. I'm going to start to identify as the New York times bestselling author, you know, like whatever title I want to give myself, that's now going to be my identity. And then from there, I'm going to create the beliefs to then change my behaviors and my actions and my purpose. And, you know, and then it just all starts to align. So when you say, what does the rich man believe or the rich person or whatever? Mm -hmm. So with that, what I'm wondering is like, what if you don't know or, and, or I feel like some other (laughs) beliefs could come up where you go, okay, well, rich person believes that money is evil. A rich person Mm -hmm. believes I'm just going to take advantage. You know what I'm saying? I feel like that's where some of that could come up too. A hundred percent. And, you know, 
you know, because you mentioned it earlier, that's when you that's when you go and you work with a coach. You work with a professional. And this is why coaching is so important. And this is why I believe in it is because I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't choose to work with the coaches that I've chosen to work with. And 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 that is that is something that a, a rich person believes. Like if you if you look at successful entrepreneurs, if you look at, you know, successful businessmen, they have coaches, they have a team that supports them. And I think it's this middle class mentality that we have to do it all on our own, you know, pull yourselves up from your bootstraps kind of mentality. And it's like, no, the, 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 the wealthy class, they see that differently. They have a team that supports them and they reach out and they surround themselves by people who are going to better them. And that is the purpose of the coach. And when I saw that, I was like, whoa, this is a very powerful career this is a very a very powerful field and i understand now the importance of investing in the coach but it wasn't until i pulled the trigger and invested in the coaching that i invested in that it got me there so it's kind of like a it, it's kind of almost oxymoronic or you know something of like you don't know until you do mm-hmm. kind of thing well and i'm wondering too because even even with what you're saying about investing and going that path. Let's talk a little bit. I feel like I want to, I want to do our listeners justice here of picking the right coach, picking the right person. Cause there's a lot of people, especially nowadays, now that a lot has gotten digital, you know, Mm -hmm. it's almost like everybody's like, I'm a coach. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, what do you think are the key, like important (laughs) things of like getting that right person, especially with money mindset. I feel like everything is important to find the right coach, but money mindset, Mm -hmm. like, how do you find that person? You have to explore and you have to, you have to let your energy feel it. I mean, it is one of those things like the the sad thing, and this is in any market, you're going to have people out there who are going to call themselves coaches who have never worked with a coach before, who have never taken a certification, who have no credentials. And again, titles, we can, we can all create titles. So mm-hmm. anybody can theoretically call themselves a coach, but you, you really want to do the research on the, on the person. You really want to get to know the person part of, you know, building kind of that relationship is, is do you know them? Do you like them? And do you trust them? You know, it's like one of these things, like, if you don't, if you've never heard of the person or if you've never, you have no idea who this person is, well, you obviously don't know them. So it's really hard to like them. And then it's really hard to trust them. And you kind of have to, you know, do your research. There's tons of coaches out there. There's phenomenal coaches out there. And, you know, the great coaches are going to offer you, you know, a complimentary call. They're going to, you know, they're going to make sure that they're in the they're in rapport with you and that's actually the key point here that i'm trying to make is like a great coach is going to make sure that they also are in rapport with you and that they believe that they can help you do the things that you want to do great coaches are not out there to take your money they're there to make sure that they can help you succeed in in the area of life that you want to succeed in no i think that's perfect and i want to bring up another example that i have experienced and just get your you know advice on it because i guarantee there's other people who have experienced this or will experience it so one of the things that i remember when i was super hungry and i was like going out there i i was working hard to be the professional speaker author coach i was going to all the seminars i was going to all the things 
And I remember very strongly because I was so open and eager. Like there was a, a lot of people that were talking about how you could rapidly make money, right? Like make all this money, millions of dollars. So there was a lot of that, but then there was also, you know, something I remember someone talking, like you have to work nights, weekends, lunch breaks, nights, weekends, lunch breaks, which goes back into mm-hmm. that, like that it has to be hard type of thing. Mm-hmm. So these people are standing on a stage or they have some kind of level of influence or they have that credibility or so we think. And I'm not necessarily saying that they're bad. I'm just saying, I feel like I want to bring that up because there is a lot of like tempting things, especially mm-hmm. when you want to chase the dollar. And maybe, yeah. and maybe that's the key. What I just said, I just gave away the answer, chasing the dollar. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, money is an emotional trigger, mm-hmm. you know, People are hungry for money. You you already said it. You were money hungry. Yep. And so when somebody's sitting there dangling the dollar in front of you, going, "You can turn this into a million dollars in in one weekend if you pay twenty five ninety nine for my course and then sign up for the," I mean, people do it. Mm-hmm. People do it. The thing is, like, you have to you have to be in 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 tune. You have to be in touch with yourself enough. To know, and you even sensed that. I, I could feel it within you. You sensed it. You were like, you were like, well, that seems a little scammy, and that seems like, well, I don't really want to work my lunch breaks and over the weekend and all the time and nine. You know, I don't want to work nine to five and then work five to nine. You know, all the <laughs> right. like, like you had that intuition, and this is what this is why it's so important to develop your intuition and to get connected to your foundation, because you you had that intuition to say, hey, that's doesn't feel right for me. And, you know, as long as it feels right, as long as you feel good with the investments that you're making, that's fine. And I can tell you from personal experience, there have been so many times back before I got really connected that I made a decision and somebody was presenting an an offer for like $97. If you, you know, for this, for this course, I don't know how many $97 courses I have bought and then immediately bought them and went, well, this is disappointing. Yeah. And, but then there have been a few where I bought them and I was like, wow, that was great value. Mm-hmm. But it was because I just was clouded. My, my intuition was clouded. I wasn't connected to, you know, who it is that I wanted and, and, and how I wanted to go about living my life. And, you know, and this, and this is the crux of it all is like, it does take work and there is no such thing as overnight success. There is no such thing as make a dollar fast, you know? It takes a lot of time and commitment and getting into alignment to make the things happen. Well, and I think once that happens, the dollar can come fast. The success yeah. can come fast. The growth can come fast. And it yeah. it, it can be with ease and grace and flow and all of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I think, I think alignment, I think you're absolutely right. I think, I think alignment at first is a really slow burn. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of like, oh, this seems pointless. Like, why am I doing this? Is this journal exercise really going to help me out? Yes, it does. Every single time you write about yourself, every single time you reflect upon upon yourself, every single health self-help book that you read, like you're changing, you're growing stronger. You're, you're tapping more and more into that intuition and, and getting connected to that, you know, inner core space. And and then one day, like things are just going to open up. And I've 
And I've experienced that and you've experienced it because you're nodding along with me. And you know that feeling of like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I want. This is the opening at the end of the tunnel. This is all the sunshine and all all the warmth that I've been chasing. And it's just a really amazing feeling. That's all. I, I don't know how else to describe it. It's just, it's great when you allow yourself to, go there and open up the wounds and heal the wounds and and come out stronger and more and, lo- and more aligned. Well, and I think the reason why it feels great just you know adding a cherry on top of what you just said is because we are connected to and embracing our soul, our higher self, our true us, you mm-hmm. know, that that true Tyler, you know, that totally Tyler, whatever that is for you, like that feels good. And even like, if you're talking about the energy stuff, it's recognizing when that all continues to feel good. And then when it feels off balance and then just Mm -hmm. investigating why. Well, and, and that kind of, that kind of brings things full circle of like, when you asked me, what is identity? And I said, well, identity is fake, but, but, but knowingness, is like the truth like that awareness that intuition that you know you'll know you'll just know and it's hard to it's hard to describe it's hard to to experience until you just get to that space of awareness and knowingness that like this is who i am Mm -hmm. it's it's everything and it is nothing man I mean, I'm my my whole body's got got chills right now, and we uh, we y'all. This is the perfect perfect like close to the root chakra series, right? Until we move on to the next chakra, this is the perfect like this is the icing and the cherry on top because everything we've covered, like this is the work. Like you said, this is the foundation. This is this is what what's needed, right? This mm-hmm. is this is in order for you to open up the rest of your chakras. Yeah, I, I, we, that was that was a very energetic moment because you were saying that and I was like I was like, yeah, it's not until you get that 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 core chakra down and 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 solidified and that I mean the rest of them they open up not, I'm not going to say easily, but it becomes a lot easier to access the other chakras when you've laid the foundation. And I, I was just looking at the chakras, the, like right before this, this episode, just to kind of refresh and, you know, have them in my mind. And I was like going through and I was like, I was like, I spent most of my time unearthing and connecting to that root chakra. And then everything else just kind of, I mean, it's just kind of like a, like a, an easy uplifting journey. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So, all right. So someone's listening for sure. There's someone out there listening and multiple (laughs) someone's who are like, hell yeah, I want help. I, uh, Tyler, I need his pep. I want his pep. I crave his pep. I want to be a part of this (laughs) world. Like where, where do they go? Like if they want to get in touch or take the next steps, like what's next? 
you can find me online. Uh, my website's radicallytransformcoaching.com. I offer free strategy sessions, you know, and, and honestly, right now I work with coaches and consultants and creative entrepreneurs and anybody who's really looking to build their own business and, and build their own personal brand. I want to connect with you and I want to help you live an awesome life. And so you can find me there. I'm on Instagram at Tyler Transformed. And I'm just, I'm starting a book club in March, like a money mindset book club. So if you want that, find me online and connect and I'll, I'll get you into that as well. Ooh, so. I got chills. You better, you guys better reach out to him. <laughs> Definitely for sure. I mean, this is, I, I'm so grateful that you're, you're the three of three. We've had three amazing speakers and you definitely, you know, what, what's like, what's a good saying? It's like, you know, you're like the, 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 the finale fireworks. I know I was trying to think like, I, I was going to say that the icing on top of the cake, cause I'm a sweets person, but right. Uh, it's like works too. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, you've got all kinds of different concepts and ideas with this, but this is definitely uh, a great way to end the root chakra. So thanks for being a guest. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I totally agree. All right, guys, see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the life adventurous podcast. If you love this episode, remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. For course information, freebies, and to stay connected, join our Ohana, that means family, at www.2jhala.com forward slash Ohana. Remember to stay positive, enjoy the journey, and most of all, keep those eyes open for all of the adventures surrounding you.